Blog Talk Radio. edition of the Total Sports Live podcast. It's weird to say this, but we are live. You're listening to us live. You can right now via uh, TuneIn Radio or right now on blogtalkradio.com. If you missed this show, you can check it out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live or TuneIn Radio, they archive them there, so you can check it out on TuneIn Radio. If you got if you got a smartphone, just download the TuneIn Radio app, and from there, search uh, the Total Sports Live uh, podcast, TSL podcast. Search it on the app, download the app, follow us, listen to us over there. Really appreciate everybody that subscribes to us from over there as well. And we're also on iTunes, yes? Again, we're on iTunes. All you got to do is go to your computer. If you got iTunes on your computer, go to the podcast section. Or if you got an iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, iPad Mini, if you got any Apple products, all you got to do, if you got one of those handheld Apple products, just go to the little podcast app on your phone, search Total Sports Live, the TSL podcast, and hit that nice subscribe button. Press that subscribe button, and you'll be, have, and you'll be able to have all our episodes right there on your phone for download if you so please. But if you don't, that's okay. You can also leave us a review as well. We really appreciate everybody that leaves us reviews because we're looking to always enhance and to make the podcast a better product. But like I said, we are live tonight here on the uh, Block Talk Radio Airwaves, and we have a good show for everyone tonight, and we're going to be talking NBA trade deadline. More so, trade deadline involving the Sixers as they kind of shocked the world and shocked everybody around 11 something this morning by dealing the likes of Nerlens Noel to the Dallas Mavericks for center Andrew Bogut, shooting guard Justin Anderson, and a protected first round pick in uh, 2017, but if it could, if protection is whether they could be you know, two second-round picks, one in 2017, this year, and one in 2018, but there's a lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk about this trade. You're going to, you know, talk about what, uh, you know, why the Sixers did it. You know, what about this? What about this front court? What now happens to it? Where do they go from here? Just everything surrounding this uh, trade in New Orleans and et cetera. And if you want to get in and join the conversation, all you have to do is just give us a call. Just give us a call at 323-623-1256. And, you know, we will get you on and you can – Speak your piece if you agree with us. If you disagree, it doesn't matter. We'll bring you on. 
and we can have a discussion about this trade. But you guys already know as we get underway, you already know who always I bring here on the podcast with me. As always, my co-host, the one and only Angelo Montoni, always joining us here tonight. And, um, yeah, like I said, Sixers kind of uh, pull the wool over a lot of people's eyes and make a trade that a lot of people are not happy with. And I hint and I put in their quotes a lot of people because there might be a small minority who still like, um, still like, who still like maybe, maybe, maybe it was a good deal, maybe it wasn't, but hey, that's what we're here to talk about, the deal and everything surrounding it. Well, I have recovered from the mini stroke that I had earlier, so at least there's that. Brian Clangelo doesn't need to get a hospital bill from me. Oh, gosh. Just a, just in case oh, anyone wasn't picking up that sarcasm, which I laid on so thick, I, I am if I am the lone dissenter here that does not is not a fan of the deal, I am okay with that. But I now I feel it's like the the, the way to phrase it is like a tale of two nights. Last night when they pulled off that um, that trade with Elisova, I was like, yes, this is it. This is this is what we've been waiting for. Like now we'll go out and murder this coming draft and. And then it was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. I, I don't know, my general assessment, like in the most generalized terms I can say, is I feel like they took one step forward last night and they took two steps back today. That is a very interesting, um, that's a very interesting way to put it. I will agree that that uh, last Wednesday night's trade of Ilya Silva was a good trade because you move in a guy who's on an expiring contract get a couple picks back and another guy in splitter as a as an as an, another expiring contract so you're basically swapping inspiring contracts getting picks or whatever and you're adding money to the to the books for the salary cap for understandable and Elias Silva goes to a playoff team where he provides more shooting for them and with the trade of him it, it opens up the door now for more Dario and seeing what he can do in an expanded role with you know, more minutes. But like you said, you as you said, Angela, it's like you it's kinda of like they took two steps back and there's a lot of people that probably feel like that. That they took two steps back because nobody you have any conspiracy theorists to think that, you know, Nerlens Noel was going to be treated and I might be a conspiracy theorist in this notion because Beyond belief, and people might call me a liar for this, but beyond belief, I was not technically shocked that uh, that he was dealt because I always had in my mind. I knew that Okafor's name was always popping up, but I always knew in the back of my mind that there could possibly be a chance that there's always there's always possibly the chance that Nerlens Noel could be moved as well. Well, yeah, there was always a chance, but I think that because that was, like, the the less likely of the situations that could have played out in terms of speculation going up to the deadline, I mean, yeah, well, the possibility is always there. I mean, the possibility to trade anybody is always there if the price is right. Um, the fact that that happened was such, like, a – I don't necessarily want to say beat and switch, but something along those lines where it's, like, those were all the rumors we were fed to when they and they had been trying to unload job for – for how long now? Like, damn you, Pelicans, for having to freaking dig your heels in and say we're only going to offer you a pick if it's protected. 
I would have rather them not done that deal that they were in talks for. <laughs> and, you know, for this, you know, it's a, I think that the pick is, I mean, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it, I think the pick is essentially worthless. It's top 18 protected. So unless, you know, they run the table, the Sixers aren't getting, which is not going to happen. The Sixers are not getting that pick. It's going to be two second rounders. So you traded him for two second rounders. There's a lot of moving parts to this. People say that they were never going to re-sign him. Well, why? Why weren't they going to re-sign him? That's the truth. They are. That, 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 they have that's, plenty, that's, another, that's another thing. They have plenty of cap space, and not only that, but they have, there's very little long-term money on their books right now. Um, so why couldn't they have re-signed him? The whole backup center argument, I'll say this. Until Joel Embiid can get on the floor for 75 games a season at 30 minutes, Per game, there is no such thing as a backup center for him. And as far as we know, he might need to be a player that has to be platooned for his career. We don't know yet. That is true. That is true. That is true. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. We do have caller on the line. Well, you already know who we are. He was joining us anyway. I told you all he was joining us. Joining us also on tonight's show is... You already know he's been on here many a time. So, yeah, hip-hop artist, Kid Wiz, joining us here. He's been very in tune with the trade deadline, and I know he was definitely in tune with what the Sixers were doing today with the trade of Maryland Snow. Well, what was your thoughts on the trade, man? Because it was like we caught a lot of people uh, off guard. Like Angela said, it took hmm? – I think you used the wrong word. You said I was in tune with it. No, I was – I, I, I'm me and me and Calangelo were singing at two different tunes right now. You know, I'm definitely not feeling the understanding um the the the, the process in which he, he took the wait stall out this whole you know um Jalil Okafor is the one that's going process and then turn around and you know so the curveball of trading Nerlens Noel I, I don't think anybody saw that legitimately coming like. There was, spe- there was speculation, but with the pressure that was on getting rid of Jalil Okafor, you like, you know, as soon as as soon as it popped up on my on my my feed, I was like, wait, hold up, you sure that wasn't Jalil Okafor? They really traded Nerlens Noel? Like, and maybe I had plenty of conversations about this. I definitely feel like um, <clears throat> of the people to keep, he was one of the few that I felt were like essentially untouchable this this trade deadline only because um he he's been a bright spot um in in the stretches he's been able to play especially playing next to um jo- Joel Embiid and being able to compliment him so <clears throat> my thing with the trade I'm not too I'm not as mad as everybody else I am upset with it don't get me wrong if I had to grade it I'd give it like a C plus only because um, there's an upside with Dario Sark and the way he's been playing and now getting him out there for more minutes. There's an upside to um, essentially now being able to get my man out there, Rashard Holmes, uh, um, definitely Rashard Holmes, mm-hmm. being able to have him play more minutes. And um, it, it, it essentially, like, I was – I was kind of on the Justin Anderson. I mean, I was kind of on the Justin Anderson, um, not fan wagon because he's not good enough for me to be a fan. But 
He had some sparks. Um, he had some sparks. Um, earlier, I, I believe it was earlier this season. He had some sparks that I, I at least noticed, and that's all I'm gonna say. I, I noticed him to the point where when they said just uh, Justin Anderson, I was like, wait, okay, maybe, maybe he's a uh, a player that they it can just hold it down, and we can see what he can bring us in these, you know, next um, few weeks. Because this is really ultimately a tryout for him. Um, this is an opportunity where we are – we're big heavy. Like, we have a lot of bigs. Um, we had it before the trade, and we have even more after the trade. So, um, bringing in a guard finally, I, I'm like, okay, that was a, it was a, a plus in my, my eyes. I really can care less about the two seconds we're going to get. Um, you know, I guess playing the numbers. <laughs> if, if you're playing the numbers, you know – and we have, like, what, I think, was it 10 or, or 12 um, second-round picks in the next five years? Um, statistically, like one of those guys, one of those guys should be good, you know? I mean, just by yeah. numbers, one of them should be good. So, um, ultimately, I, I, I think we're finally on break from the process. Um, I, I like how, like, right after the trade was finalized, this story comes out, Joel and B can play next Friday. Okay, I mean, way to time that up. Um, so I, I think it's about time we, we're past looking for pieces and actually start putting the talent out there. Um, ben Simmons isn't playing this year. We know that. We, we, we just got to accept it. Um, unfortunately, we kept Robert Covington. I don't know why, but, you know, I mean, and I guess somewhere in the coaching staff they like him. So, um now it's time to, you know what, put these guys out there. I mean, risk, I mean, it's not even a matter of – we don't have to lose anymore. We have the Kings um, pick. Thank God um, Sam Hankey did something right. Um, and let's let's just keep rocking. Like, let's, let's actually put these guys out there and try to win and stop, you know, attempting to lose. Definitely. And before we get back into the conversation, got another person joining us. Joining us. Jalil is joining us. He made it clear that he was joining the show tonight to talk about this trade. Jalil, welcome back to the show. What is your thought? As I've been asking everybody, what are your thoughts on the uh, trade? Uh, Wayne said pretty much he's not as mad as everybody else. Kind of still upset about the trade, but not as mad as everybody else. Because, you know, there's people that were mad. Thinking that they're going to, you know, I was scared for folks. I was like, oh my god, are we really going to go jump off the, uh, jump off the Ben Franklin Bridge here? Like, are we, are we okay? Right. Yeah. Are we okay? But what are your thoughts <laughs> on the trade? Just, just what do you think? Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not as mad as a lot of the, a lot of other people are. I mean, I've had, um, I know me and you, Joe. We've seen some conversations on. On your Facebook and on some other people yes. who are definitely like me, uh, hi. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely uh, not. Uh, they feel like their feet are on the fire and they got to say something. But I'm definitely not as mad as everybody else, mainly because I know I kind of uh, understand what the value of Noel is, and I kind of understand that uh, anything that we would have gotten for Noel was going to be uh was going to be kind of low anyway only simply because of the fact that we had a bad 
we've had we've had these bigs for so long. You know, the NBA teams they, they don't want to give us a fair value for them. Like you know, so it's it's going to be tough out on the job. It's going to be a yeah, tough out on on the market to really make sure that we get the proper value for a lot of these trades. And so I mean, anyone who overvalued Noel definitely felt like you know Colangelo was being a, a traitor, <laughs> and anyone who undervalued him felt like you know he was just felt like Colangelo just wasn't doing his job right. Um, but I'm definitely not too upset. I like I'm I'm more of the wait and see type. I want to see how some of this stuff comes, how this stuff, uh, some of these trades come to fruition. I don't know what the uh, market is like right now, so I guess I'm just kind of in wait and see mode for right now. Well, you're absolutely right that the Sixers got lowballed. You're absolutely right. The whole league, everyone in their league knew that they needed to unload one of them, and they everyone knew that Embiid's not yeah. going anywhere. And while it was more widely reported that they were trying to move Ja, which I will say to the Hill, that's who I think they should have moved, and I know what it is, but the, that's neither here nor there. If I had wheels, I'd be a wagon. Like, we can't get into that, really, because that, that did not happen. It still could happen, but it's, you know, not obviously not right now. Um the, the whole league knew that they had to get rid of one of them. So the Sixers were going to get low-balled regardless of who took who and what they gave back. They were they, Because the Sixers, because Clangelo waited too long to pull the trigger, let's be realistic. And it didn't matter which one he traded. Like he waited too long to pull the trigger, and that's why we are in the situation that we are. You know, I think he was offered a first-round pick unprotected earlier for Noel in the season, and he turned it down. And maybe that, whether that comes down to the fact that he wanted to see what he had in Embiid. I mean, that could also be the case. Um, like I said at the top of the show, I you know damn you Pelicans for not for insisting that that pick for job be protected because I would have rather have seen them make that deal. Yeah. So, okay. You know they were going to get lowballed regardless because the entire league knew that they were in a desperate situation. The entire league knew that they needed to move one of them more than the entire league needed to acquire one of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the thing is, um, the reason that uh, Colangelo probably waited so long to trade Noel's because he wanted to hold on to Noel. <laughs> you know, he didn't want yeah. to. He's that. He, he's that's the person that you really wanted to hold on to. He was working so hard to find a trade for Ja that they, that he that he realized that if I'm not going to be able to trade Ja, then you know, knowing Noel is the one who really has his uh, who really uh, is going to be the one who we lose for nothing at the end of the season. You know, because, ja, I mean, Noel's going to get paid at the end of this year. And if you don't want to give yes. your backup center, you know, $15 million a season to be the backup center, especially since you know that Ben Simmons is coming back for next year and he's got to pay power forward, gotta, he has to play power forward, then you got to be able to uh, part ways with him and figure out uh, who else is who else is willing to pay him that kind of money. Um, I've come across a couple people that are willing to give him that kind of money to be a backup. I'm not one of those people, but, I mean, you know, to each his own. So I guess it just depends on what you're comfortable with. And Colangelo was not willing to give out that kind of money. Well, I said this at the top of the show, until you can get Embiid on the floor for um, a certain amount of games and a certain amount of minutes, I don't think there's anything that really – I don't think there's any such thing as a backup center with him. I think that – uh, you know, he might very well end up being a player that has to be platooned for his career. We don't know that yet. Well, yeah, I'm not bad nervous. That makes me a little nervous. Two seasons anyway. 
And being has to get extended in two years, so we'll see. And and just to, to kind of, um, I guess, to counter to the point um, you just made, Jalil, um, the reason I have no problem with going ahead, even if you wanted to pay him a max contract, um, well, or his late of 15 mil, you know, and if you wanted to pay him that 15 mil, the only reason I have no problem with it, because this is an NFL, when you sign a player to a big contract, you trade him, you aren't as liable for money as you are in the NFL. So if if we did, you know, if there wasn't a great trade, which this wasn't, you know, a great trade, you kind of re you kind of reassure that you know the his stock value can go up by keeping them and signing them to the deal because next year you know who who are we really paying? We're not going to get no there's there's no a list um a list free agent that's going to want to come here. Um, let's be honest, the front this front office is seen as a joke right now. So if you know we pay him fifteen mil a, a year next year, and you know he gets to get out there with Ben Simmons, who Ben Simmons, in my opinion, is more of a point forward, which is like the small forward hybrid than a power forward anyway. Um, you know you kind of look at all you got to do this off season is find, I mean, one draft draft your your guard of the future. And you know, plug in a couple more veterans, and then let you, your young players play. And what happens is next year, and this is if you were kept on the them, you sign Noel to a fifteen million dollar deal that maybe nobody is willing to pay at that moment. Now you have more time to get him acclimated with Ben Simmons and company, who you know, Ben Simmons' game would have actually complemented Norman's Noel game because he would have. I mean, as a passer. You can put Nerlens in a um, – I hate to use his name, but it's the first player that comes to mind – a DeAndre Jordan-esque role where, look, all you need to do is set your screens, roll, catch this oop when I throw it to you. Or set your screens, you know, um, delay, roll late, catch it, dunk it. That's it, you know. And um, you give him – I guarantee if you if, – if they had signed him and you give him maybe till next – um, December, you could have gotten you could have gotten way more for him because now you factor in injuries that might happen. You factor in a lot of things, and that fifteen mil a year is not big in this NFL market where the cap is just constantly rising. So if if you know next year a contending team or a young team that I still I still to this day Phil and I said this on draft night I've said this on the show plenty of times. I feel as though the Timberwolves were primed to make a deal for Nerlens Noel had they just seen him in a better light. They were already primed on draft night going after him. If you put him with a passer like you know, like Ben Simmons, you have a chance, a legit chance to sucker a team into taking him. I mean, not even sucker. I think he's a, he's a he's a good player. So you you find see a way of getting better. Um, return on your investment. Okay, so we're going to take a we're going to take a quick time off from the conversation here. I like how I said, you know, this organization is looking like a joke, but I think there's two other organizations that look more like a joke, worse than a joke than the Sixers, and that's probably the Kings and the Knicks. Those are both dumpster fires, apparently. And well, remember, know, there we could probably see if 
Yes, yes, you can go there too. Hey, that's a good one. The Three, the three Stooges, that's another good one. But if you do want to get in on the conversation and call us, you can call in at 323-642-1256. And we do got a caller that has called in to the show. And this has probably been long awaited about a possible debate happening live on this show, apparently. It's been brewing uh, on my Facebook on my Facebook uh, comment and joining joining this show is my guy from <laughs> from Best in the World Sports Report. You can check it out on SoundCloud. You know, follow that. You know, follow the social media BITW Sports on Instagram, the uh, uh, Twitter, like the Facebook page. My man Jonathan Brown joining us here on this show, as he said he was going to call in, so he is here. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? How are you? How you guys doing? How you doing? What's up, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm y'all are kind of late, man. Look, when, when I do a podcast, <laughs> I do that like in the middle, of, like the middle of the afternoon. Y'all, y'all are some night owls, man. I can't hang with you young, with you young folks. I don't think it would have been a good idea if we went on in the afternoon. Just saying. <laughs> you were that angry. This was a hot trade. Might have said something. So. Jovan, help us survive. No, I, 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 that I understand. Um, I understand people, people's anger. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed myself. Um, I mean, you knew one of the bigs had to go. I mean, that was, you know, that was a foregone conclusion. I had hoped, I had always hoped that Brett Brown would have found a way to make it work, but it had become incredibly obvious that it wasn't. But how? I, I, I'm, I guess. I'm under a – I really don't think – I guess I, I just really feel like they could have gotten a better deal. I think when we're sitting here and we're looking at players like Lou Williams getting a – teams giving up a first for a Lou Williams or a Bogdanovich, you know, players like that, to say that the best deal that the Sixers could have gotten for Nerlens Noel was basically what's going to end up being two second-round draft picks. Because we all know Bogut's not long for this world, and Anderson's a big question mark. Yeah. So for, you know, for, so for me, I, I you know, I, I look at this deal and I'm, I find it hard to believe that this, this is the best deal that they could have gotten for Nerlens Noel, who honestly had become really the second best player on this team. You know, he had some question marks. Yeah, and, and you know, he he voiced his opinion when the season started. But honestly, who can look at what he said and and say he was lying? And also, like, they've never had a good. moment in their life where they've had like you know they've said something they've regretted or they've acted a little bit immature. Like people also have to realize that. Like, Kids only twenty two, you know. Anyone under twenty five is obviously does it on a daily basis. People who are under thirty five do it. Under seventy five, it happens sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it really should have been used as a talking point as much as it was. Yeah, and, and and honestly, I feel like, uh, and you know, just like I said, what did he? What honestly did he say that wasn't true? He just said, "Hey, man, we got to get this together." You know, just he said he doesn't. He didn't think that this was going to work. He got the, you know, unfortunately, you got three centers. They can't, you know, they they can't play on the floor together. They're splitting minutes. You got a player who's 
in his early 20s, the sixth pick in the draft, getting five to six minutes a game. And, he, you know, he's like, I need more minutes. And But when he got more minutes, he delivered for you. He gave you, you know, he gave you good play. He played good ball. So, you know, and, and so for me, I, I feel like, like, in the end, yeah, Nerlens was a good guy. He was a good guy, you know, but I, I do agree with, with the point that guys were making that, you know, he, there was a good chance that he wasn't going to come back. I mean, in the end, I there's there's probably a good. Chance. I think uh, I think a team like Sacramento or Brooklyn is going to back up the truck for him. Yeah. They uh, well, I, mean, gonna get, I can't say Sac. He's going to get he's going to get a boatload of money. I, I I'm going to say this. I can't say Brooklyn um, because Brooklyn already realized you know they're still paying for the sins of overpaying. Um, but I I, I do feel like. Um, Nerlens Noel just—I mean, he—he—I I agree with. There was a better trade out there because in today's NBA, he fits. Like, there's Jalil Okafor is an obsolete game in today's NBA. He has to recondition his body to be effective in this NBA. Joel Embiid is is effective in today's NBA, but. Nerlens Noel is extremely effective because he he gives you he's almost like a a better coordinated Tristan Thompson you know in in mm. the sense that whoa, he's going to whoa, hustle whoa. for the play <laughs> he's going to give you and wait, we're talking Tristan Thompson who who like mm-hmm. outside of outside of under the rim is probably ineffective um so mm-hmm. you know. Nervous Noel gives you a, a, a little more, a, a little more than that, in my opinion. And I mean, you see what Tristan Thompson's value is to a contending team. So Nervous Noel is that that final piece guy for for a team that's close to getting over the hump, but just need that big help. And that's why I believe mm. you people say there's a chance you would have you would have lost him. No, people forget he's a restricted free agent. Outside mm. of him getting paid. Thirty million a year this off season, which nobody's going to give him. Um, uh, I don't. When you at. when you look at the when you look at those, let me let me jump in real quick because when you look at those contracts players have gotten last year, and there's some mm-hmm. bums who got broken off last summer. When you look when you think about the fact that Evan Turner is making seventy five million dollars. Amen. That's Evan Amen. Turner. Evan mm-hmm. Turner is making seventy five million dollars. There's there's mm-hmm. no way. I mean, I, I think, look, common sense would all would, would tell you that Nerlens Noel does not deserve that kind of money. But unfortunately, these owners lack a lot of common sense. So I could very well see a, a Nerlens Noel, I'm, and, I, and that's not to say that he deserves it, but I could very well see a, a player like Nerlens Noel getting $80 million. No, I, I will agree with that. Um, but with my point was eighty million dollars versus you know a hundred and fifty million dollars. You know, mm-hmm. once you're talking that thirty million, that's 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 a whole other level. Eighty million dollars mm-hmm. over four or five years is not that bad, especially with our cat. But one thing that I think people forget is when he's a restricted free agent, you get to look at every team that was interested in paying him. Now you sign him back. And you have leverage now. And this is me thinking 
as in, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've never, you know, been a GM. Um, maybe maybe mm-hmm. it's just, you know, my, my 2K GM skills talking. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm taking a look at everybody who said I want him in the offseason. And now I have grounds to hit you, to, to utilize him, show him off a little more, and say, look, we got him at what you were willing to pay for him, but we got him for, you know, three, I mean, another three or four years. So, Take the take the deal, Nick. You know, now that's what that's that's what you have to do. And I I don't think Colangelo um has foresight in these type things. As long as Noel is a restricted free agent, you have a, a, a opportunity to get the blueprint on what to trade him for the next season. And I think he dropped the ball on on that opportunity. You know what though? I I really do. I I just want to say this really fast. I really do think that. Um, Nolan Noel, yes, you're absolutely right. You know, 80 mil over four or five years uh, in today's NBA is not that bad. But, I mean, check this out, man. Tristan Thompson's contract that he got, that, Le- that contract LeBron helped him get, the Cavaliers don't like his contract right now. You know what I mean? Like, if they could drop that contract, they would. You know what he's giving them? Eight points and eight rebounds. You know what he gave them before that contract? Eight points and eight rebounds. You think Nolan Noel is worth $80 million? With his eight points and seven rebounds? I don't think so, bro. I don't think so. I think I can get that out of Rashawn Holmes. I think I can get that out of a Ben Simmons. I think I can get that out of a back, another backup center. I'll pay Andrew Bogut to come back and give me eight points and eight rebounds, bro. You know what I mean? And you know what? I so, agree. Hey. I agree. But just, it's, it's still, it's still my, my point, my, my whole point is, even if, you know, um, maybe I think I, I think I, I touched the nerve with you know saying Tristan Thompson, so that might be no 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 <laughs> not even I'm just saying in general. I was just, I was just laughing because it was a funny analogy. Nah, you're right. I see what you're saying. <laughs> but my, my 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 point of it is you know it's not even about the money. It's more so about look. I get an opportunity to it's it's like having a cheat code. It's it's Brooklyn, um, Phoenix. And Sacramento all send him offers. Guess who is Brian Colangelo when I match your offer? Guess who I'm calling up first? I'm going to call up. I'm going to wait till December, and then I'm going to call up Sacramento and say, hey, listen, you still want him? Because you see what he's doing here, and I'm pretty sure with Ben Simmons, he'll give you maybe a, a, a solid 12 and, 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 and 6 and 7, depending on his minutes. And you look at that, you have a blueprint to say who I'm calling and asking, and now the price is higher because you have him locked in for three to four years. That's my big Yeah, but your is, value's look, lower. You have, no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't. The reason it wouldn't be lower is because that contract, man, it's gonna be hard right now, to trade that contract. No, no. Did you see what yeah, people get? What Evan Turner? Backup Evan Turner that much money is gonna be hard to pay that. I don't, I don't, the reason I disagree with that is because when it comes to a point where everybody is going to be making that money, look at it. I mean, right now, right now, me, I'm 5'6", 280 pounds. If the NBA offered me a minimum contract, it might be like $5 million because that's how bad <laughs> the contract situation is in the NBA. So, like, there's not even – mil is last year's six to seven mil, you know, and and two and two years ago, did the equivalent is it being a a four to five million dollar contract? The the money is, that's there is constantly growing and it's going to constantly grow. So with that being said, now 
that 15 mil right then and there is not that bad. That's maybe getting what you want, two role players in a pick or two or a piece and, and a couple picks because teams are going to have more cap room. Teams are going to have more flexibility. So 15 wouldn't hurt them as bad. I don't know. Can I jump in here for a minute? I see you, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Me, thank you. Um, I just want to go back to the point where it was like Noel probably wasn't going to resign here because I've been like sitting here and every time I went to go open my mouth, someone started talking and I don't really like to cut people mm-hmm. off. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be nicer. Um, yeah, I did know, notice I do that. that. <laughs> um, I just don't understand where like the whole notion has come from. Yes, did, did he voice some of his uh, frustrations in, the, in, in earlier in the season? Absolutely, he did. But I don't understand where this whole notion that like he was now content and didn't want to be here. I mean, if you know, after they one against the Clippers, um, one twenty one and one ten and, and he was interviewed on the sideline. You know, he went off on this whole thing like thank the fans, thank the city for sticking with him and he really appreciated it, you know, what he put up on Twitter today and thank the fans in the city. Like I don't understand where this whole notion that he didn't want to be here came from. Because I obviously it's not after, after, after after he did it against the Clippers. Yeah. That kinda of, kind of got under my skin a little bit. Like he acted like wow, he was really? going through like the wars of like oh they mistreated me so bad. Oh my God! They're like the world of it, like oh, the the, the the Sixers treated me so bad. They put me in my, you know, they put me in the in the corner and told me to sit down. No, man, they didn't do anything like that. But <laughs> I get what you're saying. And when you you know when you when you say that you know who's saying you know he wouldn't want to come back and that's so that 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 I guess that's what we you know me and you've been saying for a lot of the times we've been doing this show is the high insight you know twenty twenty you exactly. know it tells us one thing and it could be another thing exactly like I say if I had wheels I'd be a friggin wagon it's just you know it's just for me it's like eternally frustrating because there's a bunch of arguments that I find like so many fallacies in like the other like the, the other big argument is you can't have two centers play on the uh, the court at the same time. Well, I mean, not necessarily. The reason that Noel and Jai didn't work together on the court had nothing to do with them both being in the same position. It just had everything to do with the fact that Jai's not that good. Um, and, you know, I mean, I I would have liked for them to have like, tested it out. I, hold on. I, I, I will be finished in, like, 30 seconds, I promise. I would have liked to have seen them um, test it out at least, like run Noel and Embiid on the court court at the same time and see how it worked out because if you had no you had no alley out in the perimeter and then you had indeed you know holding down the middle then I mean that would pretty much render your your defense invincible and I always go back to the cardinal rule of sports that while offense is sexy defense is what wins you championships mm. that's deep I agree, that's I agree. if if I may um I don't think that I, I agree with the point that I don't think Nerlens Noel was a malcontent. I think he was frust. I think he was frustrated with an obviously frustrating situation. Well, yeah. But I don't think. But I don't think. I wouldn't say he. Like he was. He wasn't a problem. I don't think he was a problem for this team. And I. And I think he was genuinely happy here. I do think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm. I'm not quite sure if if I would say he was willing to stay. But only because I think that he believes that he's a starter in this league, not a, mm-hmm. not a bench player. But I don't think that I don't think the fact that he feels like he, if he feels like he has more of a role or he can play a more involved role in a team, 
I don't think that necessarily translates to he was unhappy with the Sixers or the Sixers organization. I think he just believes that he could be a starter in this league, not a backup center. But that don't, I don't think that necessarily means like he didn't trust the process or he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on board with what the Sixers were doing. The bottom line is, you know, Stevie Wonder could see that Joel Embiid is the center of the future of this team. And I think he pretty, I mean, it's pretty obvious what Embiid brings when he's on the floor. Now, granted, I, I, um, I, I think you're absolutely right in saying that, you know, and being, you know, reluctant to put your trust in a player that you don't believe can, can play every day. And like I think you're absolutely right about that. However, I think that's you know, break, you know, backing up the truck for a player like Nerlens Noel with a question mark like Embiid. I mean, that's that's just that's that's a serious gamble right there. You know, you're, no, you're right. It, it is. is. You're right. It is. But like you said, I think he trusted the process. I think he wanted to see it through. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was the longest tenure victory. He's one of the first people that was brought on mm. when this whole thing started. I think he wanted to see it mm. through, and that's why I think he would have stayed. Would he have necessarily taken a pay cut to stay here? That I cannot tell no. you. My, well, you don't know. Come on, man. There are there there are athletes no, 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 all over no, no, the you're right. that take pay cuts to stay where they they are because they want to, and you know, it's it's. It does happen. It's not very, you, you know, it's you not like the most likely situation. Yeah, I'm but sorry. it does happen. It's not really likely, but it does happen occasionally. So I'm not saying no, that it, it, it does, cost, but, I, but I think those players are those are the players who, you know, who have made their money, who've gotten that big that big contract. You know, this is this is Nerlens' first contract, not on his not on his rookie deal. So he's looking to, you know, this isn't the contract you take a pay cut on. You know, after you've been in the league, you know, you've made your money. Yeah, you know, you do take a pay cut to, to you know, to be on a, you know, to win a championship or for, uh, you know, for sentimental values. Or if you're a player like, you know, a, a player like LeBron who makes so much money outside of the NBA, you can, you can do, you know, you can do things like that. But I don't, yeah, think, I, Ner- I, don't I don't think Nerlens is necessarily in a position to take a pay cut right now. I think Nerlens is saying, hey, you know what, I'm a starter. There are teams that will play, that'll pay me starter money. And you know what, I appreciate the Sixers. You know, you gave me an opportunity. You played me every day. You helped build me into the player that can go out and make this type of money. But I'm out, you know. And, and, and yeah. I think that, you know, that's yeah. – I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, while, and and while this is, while this is, oh, I don't know who, I don't know who's doing. Go ahead. <laughs> Jovan here. Me? Uh, yeah, yeah, Jovan. We, we're hijacking the show. Like, let's get some assessment for you, from you. Okay, so just you know, hearing everybody's conversation, you know, and you know, and what you know, what we might think, you know, a journalist would do, what he might do, what. You know, what could have been done, what, you know, just a lot of hypothetical diet side of what, what, could, what could have been and what should have been here with the Sixers. It, you know, it got me it got me thinking, reading everybody's Facebook posts, reading everybody's tweets, you know, reading Facebook messages. It got me thinking and wondering. And the question I really want to ask everybody on uh, tonight's show is that will the Sixers end up regretting trading Nerlens Noel and not moving Jalil Okafor? Well, they regret this five years down the road. And I say this 
And I say this because somebody said to me in a Facebook message, and I'm not going to put their name out there or anything like that, but they said in a message, I'm trying to find it here, that they said, I'm going to say it now, write it down, and check back with me in five years. Nerlens Noel was the third piece to the Sixers dynasty. Uh, would that have been my big brother? No, not him. Oh, I'm surprised. Was, you and I were on the same page of that crazy. one. It was somebody um, crazy. Will they regret it in five years? I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, you don't want to see something happen to him, like him get injured and, and end his career that way. Like, you don't want to see it. I mean, he, he, he was a good guy for us, so you don't want to see him go somewhere and admire in mediocrity for the rest of his career. Like, I hope he goes on and has a good career, and I hope that he does make them regret it. But at the same time, that's up to him. Will they regret it? Maybe, possibly. If, you know, me, I, I'm regretting it right now. Um, you know, in five years, we could all be eating crow. I mean, I could be eating crow. Who the hell knows? You know, it's, it's boring, the invention of a crystal ball. I don't really think these are questions that we can definitively answer. Like I said, I regret it now. Do I think they will? Yeah, but at the same time, that's all, um, you know, dependent upon upon the fact is wherever, like, where he is now and, and it's, you know, he gets re-signed and, and or if he goes somewhere else, you know, it's up to him to, like, make them regret it. And that's just where, I guess, that's where I feel. Like, it, it's it's on him at this point. So if it's really going to end up being, like, one of those boss moves in uh, Sixers history, which the Sixers in, historically have dropped the ball with some trades, Going back to the eighties, you know, there are there are plenty of them. <laughs> One of my first features from the other the other website where Jovan and I met on was the Bynum deal was not the first time the Sixers dropped the ball in the trade deadline, so it had yeah. happened before. Well, this go down is one of the biggest trade Boston Sixers history. That I think is a little bit of a stretch. However, I just don't think it was a good move based on what you got and the reason that they got what they got was because the entire league knew that they needed to unload one of them. They were going to get low-balled either way. I would have rather them traded freaking jaw for a, a bag of pistachios or a bag of basketballs, to be completely honest. Hey, hey, hey. Can we stop disrespecting jaw? Whoa, whoa, man. Oh, man. <laughs> stop disrespecting jaw. Come on, man. I will say this and and if you want if you want to put it in Jaws defense or, or whatever, you know, you, you know, you can do that. But I do think this I think this city and this fan base is entirely too hard on Ja. And I find it and for me personally, I find it a little bit hard to hard to believe that people feel like uh, a young man who was a third pick in the draft out of, after one year of college and who's played a total of 91 total NBA games can't get any better. You know, it's Thank like, you. and, and on top of that, I think job, you know, job plays a much different game than anybody else, than the two other centers that we had. Now, Joel Embiid, he's a special type of player because he can create his own offense. You give him the ball, he can put the ball on the floor, and he can make a move. I think, but Ja is more your classic back-to-the-basket center. He needs to be facilitated for. He needs a point guard that can facilitate for him. And for me, 
if you watch those games, you see a difference in Jaleel Okafor in his play when he's playing with a point guard that can facilitate. When he's on the floor with T.J. McConnell, Giles is a beast. When I'm looking at his numbers, mm-hmm. I know he might not put up – he's not putting up 20 and 10 every night. But when I see a, when I see a center, a post player – a post player, a back-to-the-basket center going five for six – five for seven, that's not showing me that he's struggling offensively. That shows me he needs to get the ball more. That's a player point. When when Jaws on the floor with guys like Sergio uh, Rodriguez and Nick Stauskas running the point, that's when Jaws suffers. You know, so for me, it's like I think you will see it. it you will see a better Jaws because it looks like he's going to be here for the foreseeable future, you'll see a better Jalil Okafor when you see a better point guard get into this game. When if he, if it, if his if he's going to come off the bench and he's coming off the bench playing with T.J. McConnell, I think Jop is a better offensive player. If he's coming off the bench and he's playing with somebody like a Ben Simmons, he'll be a better player. But when he's playing with point guards who, are, who should barely be in the league, like Nick Stauskas or Sergio Rodriguez, yeah, you know, unfortunately you're not going to get the best out of him. You know, but but for me, I, I feel like, you know, we, we people, have, people have written this guy off, and he's 22 years old. 22 years old, coming off a national championship, and one year of college. And in a league where we know that it takes it takes big men four or five years to develop, and after ninety one games, we've given up on Jalil Okafor. And I, I personally, I don't think you know. I understand. I understand why people are down on him, and I understand and will concede the point that maybe he's not a good fit on this team. But I, I don't think he sucks. You know, I wouldn't say that yeah. at all. I haven't necessarily given up on him. It was just it was just out of the out of the like out of the three. You you couldn't keep all of them. I just mm. you know it, it, you know I'm not the only one that feels this way out of the three. I need no, someone right. that I would have rather moved. Yeah, no, I understand. The kid's got talent, but let's like I said, let's be realistic. He was not who they wanted to draft that year anyway. They wanted D'Angelo Russell that year, and then the friggin' Lakers took him ahead of him at number two. I was at work that night, saw it on the TV. I dropped a tray of chicken wings when I saw, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Lakers took D'Angelo Russell. My jaw hit the floor. I like, completely dropped it to 50 of them, and I was like, oh, no. I blame that on the Lakers. Um, I mean, that didn't really work out they, either they, for the Lakers. No, yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but it, but again, like they didn't want to log jam themselves at center that put them in the situation that they had to get rid of one. You're right. You're right. The Angela Russell has not really worked out for the Lakers, and I completely agree with you there. However, like I said, them having to draft him because they were still in a situation where they had to take best available on the board. If it put them at the log jam at center, that put them in this situation right now where they had to get rid of one of them. If they draft somebody else besides Ja, then they don't trade Noel today. And that's that's I think that's one thing that we can all agree on. If they draft Porzingis, they don't draft. They don't trade Noel. I don't see when you don't bring him up. It's so hard to justify using the third over, overall pick with someone who was hitting the projections. What was he like around eight, nine, ten in the projections? No, Porzingis was top five. He was top five. 
Hey, 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 that's one of those things. Projections are projections, mm-hmm. and it depends on what source you read them from. Because, like, yeah, he's got different ones in ESP, yeah. and it has different ones yeah. from Fox and different ones from all that, too. You know what I mean? So someone can yeah. read someone number 10, and someone can put them in number 4. If if I may just throw one 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 quick point in there, I think Christos Porzingis is terribly overrated, and I would have taken Jalil Okafor over Christos Porzingis any That's day what of the I week. Have. That's what I have. I think, I, I would, and and, and, yep. and and when when they played hot, when they played head to head, Jaws had Christos Porzingis' lunch every time. Yeah, you see it now. And, and you see it now. You know, it's like the Knicks should be a team that should be building around Porzingis, and they're not. You know, you see the and you, you know you talk about dumpster fires. The Knicks are a dumpster fire, but remember, they're not tanking. You know, they're, they're right. trying to win now. They've missed yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, they're not on purpose. Every, There's a big they, difference. They, they've missed the play. Yeah, since the since the Sixers. Since that that failed season with uh, Bynum and and all those playoff uh, seasons, you know the Knicks have missed the playoffs too every year. But they're not yeah. you know they're not tanking. You know they they have pride. But you know the, the Sixers while they've been dra- you know they've been stockpiling picks and just trying to do whatever you know to, to rebuild their team. The Knicks have only had two first round picks. And one of them plays for Atlanta, so true. You know, you know. To me, looking at the Knicks, looking at the Bulls, looking at the Lakers, looking at the Nets, looking at the Suns, I, that makes me trust the process more. You know, yeah, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little frustrated, a little disappointed because I didn't want to see Nerlens Noel go either. But I, I still like the path that the Sixers are on versus you know everybody else. You know what it could be. That's a good. Fair That's enough. a good point. That's a good point. Got to get Jalil's thoughts on all this conversation. Got to get Wayne's thoughts on all this conversation. He's been quiet back there on this whole conversation about yeah, you processing know what, though? Jalil um, before. Yeah, yeah, I was. I my actually my thoughts have actually already been uh have already been highlighted here by everybody else. I just wanted to say really fast when it comes to Ja. Um, nobody really thinks that Ja's offense is the issue. I mean, it's it's his defense. So if you're going to look at it that way, I will also say, you know, when you're trying to evaluate a player and, and his defensive capabilities, no one is saying that Ja is the defensive player that Embiid is or is the defensive player that Noel was. I mean, but at the same time, when you compare those three guys – of course his defense is going to look like it is super lacking because their defense, Noel's defense and Embiid's defense, are super good. You know what I mean? Like they are the exception when it comes to young NBA big men knowing how to play great defense. Like that's not something that happens very often. The Sixers hit on two – the Sixers hit both times when it comes to that, and that's very difficult to do. Not to mention all the guards that we've had playing defense in front of him have been terrible on defense. You know what I mean? It's just it, – it, it's really Kaliber. difficult to it, – yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, the, 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 the greatest defensive player on the wing we have is Covington, and he's good, and everyone else on their greatest day defensively 
<laughs> and every everyone else on their greatest day defensively is average. On their greatest day, they are average. McConnell, awesome guy, average defender. Rodriguez, bad defender. You know what I mean? Even uh, Bayless, when he the seven minutes that he played this season, not a good <laughs> defender. You know what I mean? Like it's not like the hell we, a sample it's size. like the highway to the bucket, really. The sample size has been has been small. Yes, I will say. What? <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like with you. I'm with you. I hear you. I'm just like and Jaws failing. Okay, so um, I guess my my final hoorah here. Um, the, the original question was, you know, how how are we gonna feel um a few years from now? Now, anybody that said Nerlens Noel would have been the third piece to a dynasty, um, they had their blood tested. He's not gonna be the <laughs> third piece to a dynasty when you have you know Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. And a top five pick in this deep draft, that's your three pieces right there. Um, now, will we regret this trade? I believe we already regret this trade. Sixers, mm-hmm. fans, nations already regret this trade. You can't, you know. Now, a couple points that y'all made that I, I just want to touch on. First thing, um, we were forced to, to draft um, Jalil Okafor. Um, draft night, I. I Clearly remember hitting hitting um hitting Jovan up, and I kept saying I like the kid, I like the kid Booker, I like the kid Booker, I really like the kid Booker. He went thirteenth. He wasn't projected at number three. Listen, he fit. (laughs) He was not. He wasn't the best overall player, but that's the problem with drafting the best overall player. You need to best draft the best player that fits what you need. At that point, we had no guards. We had big men, but we had no guards. And he had all of the writing to be what he is. So, you look at that draft, and Willie, I mean, come on, out of big men, out of big men, you know, um, every pick for NAA outside of, of um, D'Angelo Russell at number two was some form of a big man except for Moody. You know what I mean? Stanley Johnson, he the, the jury was always out on him. People said they, I mean, there was some some reporters that said he shouldn't even been a first round pick, and there was some people that said he shouldn't that he should have been in the top four. He shouldn't have. I mean, but Devin Booker always had that it factor, and we missed out on it. Now, yeah, I mean that that, that could be on Hinky, that could be on our owner, that, that that could be on a lot of things. My point is, when you look at what Noel brings to the table, um, we should have never been in this situation by, you know, and you always forget, even if, even if, you know, you're in that position, you can trade back, you know. So I don't think we were in a position to, to, to get, I mean, that we had to draft over for. I think we got greedy, thought we could get him and, 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 and find a way to flip him later which didn't work out. So, you know, I mean, for every good thing Hinky did, there's a bad thing he did. So this is one of them. Um, Sorry. I, I, I have to respectfully disagree with you because I don't think, I don't think when they drafted Jaw, they were in a position where they could draft for, for need. I think they were still in that position because the tanking situation and the process was in such an infancy stage that they had to take tests available. But, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, but like but I said, respectfully, in the, in, disagree. In the same – 
in the same point that year, um, didn't if, if I'm not mistaken, Nerlens Noel had his breakout year, right? He 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 looked really good that year defensively. I'm, I'm making sure I'm not mistaken the years, but that was the year that he had all of those defensive accolades of, of statistics, correct? I'm fairly I mean, positive he's, he's he always first good defensively. So yeah, so yes, he always I has. Mean, you weren't. And, and I feel like if you if you trade back, you get more of a. I mean, especially in the trend of the league. I mean, there's there's always that 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 when you have a guard that had the ceiling that that Devin Booker has, and he was going to be, you could have traded back and made. And you know, we could we could have more picks, but that's all. You know, that's all hearsay. My whole point, my my whole point to say that is to say the the um Nerlens Noel deal. Yeah, I mean, we already regret because the pieces we got of it isn't worth the the weight we've had. You know, these three, these two or three years with him has, you know, we we waited all of this time to say either we're going to keep him or get something amazing for him, and uh, no, we got nothing. So you know, you instantly regret it. He's he's going to be good somewhere because he fits the NBA, um, but he's not going to. I mean, he wasn't going to be no third piece of a dynasty in no way, shape, or form. So, um, I mean, looking at this Sixers roster right now, um, you take Nerlens Noel out of it. P.J. McConnell is a, is a average player at best. He has great moments, but he's an average physical player with just a great mind on him. Um, Dario Saric, who, I mean, has been a 2010 machine recently, I mean, who knows? Maybe he, he continues to grow. I hope so. Sergio Rodriguez, while you're in the league. Robert Covington, um, you know I mean, the jury's still out league? on him with y'all. <laughs> For me, I don't even, I don't like him. Um, Nick Sauskis had a growing point. But you look at all these players out of this team, you know, there's probably four legit players worth even keeping, worth keeping at all. So, you know, um, Right now we're 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 still in purgatory. Um, we're still in what are we going to do mode. But um, I think you know I definitely feel like if you were going to let Nerlens Noel go, one of the pieces that I thought we should have kept, I, I I think you should have held on to it and held on to him at least you know even if it was giving him a big contract and let him mold further to get to to have a payoff to everything we gave up. So essentially. We traded Drew Holiday for Justin Anderson, um, mm. uh, Justin Anderson, two second rounders, Andrew Bogut, and what else did we get? A, a, a Lakers pick that we might not even get. No, no, that was MCW. So no, we traded Drew Holiday for what we just get, got for Nolan's Noel. So you know, go figure. Oh no, we get that Lakers pick with the pick swap, and Jim and I are get to this on Sunday night. We get that Lakers pick with the pick swap. Um, 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 see, just, no, just, just, just the way. Stop three, stop three for a second. Correct. Wrap it up. The pick, uh, that the made me, me want to. That made me want to drink. Three. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that made me want to When you put it, when you put it, when you put it like that, that made me want to go pour a drink, man. <laughs> uh, I, I will say that I know you. I know you guys are rap for time, and I do appreciate you guys having me on. Let me rap with y'all a little bit. Um, as far as will we, reg- will I regret this trade? Will we miss 
Nerlens Noel, I think that all depends on what happens with Justin Anderson. I think it puts I think this puts a lot of pressure on Justin Anderson. I think you know just like you said before, you know, player like Robert Covington is not long for this world, and I think if just just as you've seen so far, like when when Dario really started to play well, that's when the Sixers got rid of Hollis Thompson, and the same with and the same with Ilya Sova. You saw that Dario could play the power forward, could be that stretch forward to play alongside Joel Embiid, and then these you know these space holders that were part of the process, you know they get pushed aside. So for me, I think the next key is can TLC now become that player that you that that could push out a player like Robert Covington. And if he can, can Justin Anderson be a player that comes off the bench and provides you quality minutes like TLC has uh, started to do? Because I'm not going to really try to pronounce his name. It's too late for that. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, like if, if – but, Butcher but, it anyway. No, no. I'm not eagle. I'm not eagle try. But I, I, I think Timothy you Wabu-Cabarro. Yeah, you better than me, bro. <laughs> That's why I call him TLC. But if he can, if go. he can grow and become that starting, uh, that starting three for the Sixers, and Justin Anderson can then be that spark off the bench, then you know what? I will say that the trade was worth it. But if yeah. you're sitting here and you know you're looking at two. Two second round picks that you've stuck, you know, you've stashed out in in Europe somewhere, and then Anderson's not on the team, and Bogut's not on the team, and then you watch Nerlens Noel go down to Dallas or wherever he ends up and being a beast, then yeah, you know, we will regret this trade. And I think that's a great way to wrap the podcast. Really appreciate everybody joining joining us tonight. Really appreciate all y'all calling in. Enjoy, really enjoyed the Sixer discussion, the hoops discussion. We pretty much went all around the Sixers basketball and didn't even touch on Ilya Sova, but we'll have to come back to Ilya on a on Sunday night to talk about him and his short uh, 56 games here with the Sixers and his uh, always having a green light, taking the shot all the time type self um, here in the, with the Sixers. But like I said, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, before we go, make sure you uh, check out com. A lot of great stuff on that website. I'm just saying. Just throwing a shameless plug out there. Uh, like the Facebook page. Uh, follow on uh, Twitter at Total Sports Live. Follow Angelo on Twitter at Angelo. Follow Jalil on Twitter. He's still on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter at Jalil Phillips. And also follow my man, Jonathan, on Twitter um, what's the Twitter handle again? I want to. I don't want to butcher it now, like TLC. I don't want to butcher things here. Nah, it's all good. Hit me up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at bitw sports. Yeah, there you go. Best in the world sports. If you mm-hmm. haven't heard it, go check it out. It's on SoundCloud. It's so accessible to get. And also check out the the, uh, the Philly GoPro app. Check that out too. You want to hear all your favorite tunes and stuff from the eighties, nineties. You know. You can hear everything on that app. I'm dead serious. You need to go check that out. Too. 90s music is life. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, if, that, if, if that's what you like, you know, you hit up the Philly GoFlow hey. at phillygoflow.com. <laughs> we got, we, we, yes, we got 90s music. Yes. Sounds like my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I like doing this show with you guys. You guys make my uh, make my day on on this podcast. And uh, that's gonna wrap it up. So for everybody, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys Sunday. Uh, talking about Ilya Souza, and then we'll try to focus and get ourselves back to talk on football because hey, guess what? We got Eagles free agency to talk about, and boy oh boy, that should be a doozy depending on what they do. So for have everybody, fearless leader, Phillies have started spring yeah. training. We gotta get to that too. Oh, yes, yes, we do. We got to talk about the Phillies, too. I can't forget. Gotta talk about I'm not going to let you forget about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. I can't forget about the Phillies. So, you should be deeply sorry, my up. friends. So that's going to wrap it up. Everyone have a good one, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everyone. All right, good night, y'all. Peace.